Well, well, well. Dogging It Live show. This is the first episode of 2023. What's going on, Melina? Boy, man, I tell you, your your attendance for this year is pretty remarkable so far, Joey. I gotta I'm say, one for, I'm batting a thousand. You are. You really are, man. So no one <laughs> hey, can I ever take that we, away from you yet, buddy. <clears throat> I wonder if anybody's gonna be here. I, I, people watching. I'm, there's a lot of football on TV. Uh, people hanging out. I'm sure. I think still people are winding TV. down at the house, right? They're, they're yeah. You know, they they had a long night. You know, New Year's Eve on a on a Saturday night. So now they're at the at the house with the family and just kicking back and you know relaxing. Whether you're dreading the week to come or you know. Hey, Kai Waldron's in here. Kai Waldron, what's up, man? He's <clears throat> saying uh, we need more content on Patreon. That's uh, Melina Mike's department. So Melina, you got to get on that, man. Our buddy that Rick is not, Glasscock. That, that, that is not true. We had a lot of plans, and then Joey decided to you know, have some health issues. But we're going to get back on it for sure. Uh, Roberto Franco. That's a beautiful cue you posted, by the way. That one with the red and the, the real natural wood grain. That thing's gorgeous. Got right over there. Yeah, it's the yeah. Bacotti. The forearm's Matthew pretty sick. Matthew McConaughey. What's up, guys? Christian McLean. Thanks for joining. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We haven't done this in a while. You guys probably saw my video having some uh, health issues uh, a couple weeks ago. And you know, Melina Mike, as you can see, was growing facial hair. So uh, I'm stressing out about busy. my guy. No, this is <laughs> honestly, God, this is what happened. So Joey texts me and he says, you know, we had plans and he says, hey, something serious is going on. I'm a little worried. And I said, okay. And I was concerned about my friend and um, try not to overwhelm his wife with a bunch of messages, but you know, we love you and we're glad to have you back, buddy. I'm glad you're all right. Thank you. You grow facial hair for me. If anything ever happens to you, I'll shave my head. Okay. <laughs> Solidarity. You know? That's a good, that's a good balance. That's a good balance. Although the mustache <laughs> is probably going to be gone by tomorrow. Be my guess. Oh, really? You gotta yeah. take care of that. Hey, yeah. listen, I, Melina, I just want to start talking about some things from 2022. It was a great year. Uh, we spent Definitely. some time at the. What a way to cap off the year, Moscone Cup, right? And you'll notice that we still have all these sponsors up around uh, the outside of the video here. The people that helped us get to the Moscone Cup, along with the, our patrons from Patreon. Thank you guys so much for that. Um, but yeah, we had a great time out at Moscone Cup. It was a great way to cap off the year. Only way it would have been better is if U.S. would have won. Um, but they were game. They fought hard, and it, it was it was really great. We really didn't have any type of recap uh, on the Moscone Cup just because afterwards, some I guess if you if you've never been, uh, it's all kinds of excitement for the what four days while you're there, and then right. when it's over, it is over quick. Like you're, you know, we were get the hell out of here. Yeah. We were advised <laughs> that if you guys want to interview players afterwards, get right in the ring with them right at the table. And, and so we did, and we interviewed some players and, and, uh, but then afterwards it was like, I think everybody after four days was just like, whew, you know, breathe yeah. a huge sigh of relief. So we really right. didn't even have a chance to come on and, and kind of, I guess, decompress or, or discuss, uh, what, our thoughts were about it. It was your first time there. My first time there. What were your thoughts on the whole thing, Melina? I mean, just what a top shelf event it, it was, you know, from you get a glimpse of it from uh, the camera and, you know, whatever app you're watching, but it's, it's completely different being there in person, the energy in that room from start to finish, even when it's dead. I, like, I've never seen a room rumble so much 
mm-hmm. then in a second get dead silent the way yeah. that it did. Um, I've never been tending like that before in pool. And I'm excited to go back next year, and I hope we're going to be invited back. So Yeah, I hope so, too. I don't think we dogged it too bad. I think we should be back. But uh, mm-hmm. the only thing I can think that's kind of similar uh, that I've experienced in my life is out in Phoenix, we have this event called the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And it's in Scottsdale. It's at the TPC. The, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You're right. Yes. That's that's it's it is it's it's like a party where there happens to be a golf tournament going on. And uh I went there with my six year when my when my oldest son was six years old, I took him and I took him on like late day Saturday, which is the party day. And so we're there watching like the end and people are drunk. People are going crazy. I mean, it's, it's like the Moscone cup of golf, I think. And, but what would happen, the same thing that would happen that we witnessed out in Vegas, there would be tons of like people, you know, being all rowdy. But then right when the putt was about to happen, it was like this hush came over the crowd. Right. And that's the same experience we had out there in Vegas. A lot of yelling, hollering, and hooping. And then when it was time, even when, you know, Filler and Shaw and some of the USA's enemies were down on a shot, the USA crowd, I thought was very respectful for the most part. There were one or two incidents, but for the most part, everything got really there, there, there silent. There was a couple of incidents. Yeah. Yeah. And got, got really quiet. And it was just a, a great environment. And, and like you, I don't think I'll ever want to miss another one. <laughs> Fetter's in the chat. He's got jokes. Uh, <laughs> <Fetter's going off. laughs> uh, no, I think it's, I think it's people who respect the game and who who have a lot of passion for the game, but then they're yeah. also sports fans. So like, it's great to be to have that many like minded people with the same enthusiasm as you, where like you appreciate when hey, it's time to shut up because they know this is difficult, right? And then even when I remember, I still remember Josh's like force follow with the cue ball, you know, close to the cushion and he comes, you know, two rails and perfect shape. Even if it's Josh hitting the ball like that, you know, shooting the liver out of the American fans, they still clap and appreciate and give respect when words oh, do. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, it was, it was I, just phenomenal. You and I kind of looked at each other at one point when filler was backed up against the, the long, the, the short rail way up table. And he has a ball that he's got to spear in and he follows with inside English and comes around three rails and I'm like, like, that's a hard shot to hit on a Valley bar box. <laughs> and that table was super tight. And he spears that sucker in. And at that point, you just have to, like, tip your hat. If you're a pool fan, you've got to tip your hat. Even if they're your arch enemy and you want the USA to win, man, what a shot in that moment. And there was tons of moments like that for Europe. There were tons of moments like that for the U.S. It was a very competitive match, probably even a little closer than what the scoreline uh, dictated at the end, I think. Yeah, I mean, you felt it from beginning to end. You know, it, the Europeans start off with, you know, going down the first day, showed their bottle, as the Europeans say, later on. Um, all in all, like, it had a lot of ebbs and flows and oohs and ahs and, you know, tense moments and moments where I thought the Americans were, were going to tie it up late and this, you know, the shot missed by Sky kind of took the air out of out of the, uh, the sail, so to speak. But all in all, the event was just nothing like I've ever been to before. In, in pool and I've been to a lot of a lot of decent events a lot of like bucket list pool events nothing compares to the Moscone Cup nothing yeah not absolutely. even close so look <clears throat> since Fedor is in here and he's chatting it up uh that was one of the items we want to talk about and people are starting yeah. to comment about it with that interview with Joe Rogan uh I remember I was that morning I went to get a coffee and I looked down at my phone and someone on Facebook posted 
an image of Fedor with Joe Rogan, like that image when he has his guests on and he, you know, puts it out. And I'm like, did somebody Photoshop this? Is this real life? And I had to pinch myself and I called my wife immediately, who's like kind of a pool fan, but she knows Fedor. She knows I've interviewed Fedor and we've had him on the show. And I said, you're not going to believe this. Fedor Gorsuch was on Joe Rogan. This is incredible. I can't wait to listen. And all throughout the day, I had one of the busiest days, but I kept getting like 40 minutes here, 20 more here, 20 more That's here. Been me. Until I finally got the interview over with. And I just thought, what an awesome thing for our sport right now. If you look at what's happened this year with the Shane on 60 Minutes and Jeanette on ESPN. And, and now all the top the same off time. the year. Yeah, top off the year. Fedor Gorst on Joe Rogan. What were your thoughts on it, Mike? Exposure for the game. You know, there, there has been mixed reactions when it comes to, you know, some of the subjects that were covered during the podcast. But I think it was great. I love it. I think all publicity for pool is great. And I agree. Piggybacking off of everything else that's gone on, like that's been in in vogue primetime media when it comes to the 60 minutes, the 30 for 30 with Jeanette Lee. And then now you follow this up with the millions, tens of millions of people that listen to that podcast. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it could have gone any better. I think Federer is the epitome of what an ambassador for our sport looks like from both a professional side of it, from the guy who can win tournaments, a guy who can gamble, a guy who speaks very well. Um, you know, he can just cover so many bases. Um, I'm proud of him. I'm glad it was him that got to do it, especially considering like the shit that he went through this year, you know, especially yeah. on the tail, on the tail end of it. it. It's kind of, it's kind of fitting that, you know, you, what looks to be like the biggest event in our sport, he misses out on, on and then he ends up getting on, the biggest stage that any pool player yeah. has ha, has been on. Um, yeah, really ever that I can think of, you know, outside you know, of, you know, these last two. Yeah. A couple of things that kind of stuck with me about the interview is, you know, Rogan talked about doing, having some ideas for doing some stuff for pool. And one of those ideas was commentating and having matches there at his place. And I think that would really be a hit. Because one of the things that I thought he did a great job of is you could tell he loves pool and he started geeking out on it. And him and Federer are like talking pool talk. When I met my wife, we dated for like six months and I'm coming home from pool tournaments and I'm telling her, oh, yeah, I had this man, this guy got this role and I kicked the ball off three rails and this happened and that happened. And after six months, she says, hey, uh, Joey, I love hearing about your tales of playing pool. Oh, this is the best. But I don't understand a word of it. <laughs> and then I realized like we have a completely different vocabulary, completely different thing. But Rogan did a great job Bingo. of reeling it in and saying, hey, Fedor, just let me explain it for the people at home. He broke if it you down. I don't know what a magic rack is. Here's what right. it is. Or if you guys don't know this. And I think that's what someone like Rogan could add to commentating pool matches as well, because I. When I was commentating pool matches, I'd say, oh, yeah, he's just going to play a little left English, get over here for the five ball. And I came home one night, my wife listened to it, and she was like, hey, you know, you should what say. What the hell the are you talking about, right? No, she, <laughs> but she said, yeah. you should say like the orange five ball, which is next. Or, you know, talk about which ball they're going to next, the colors, for, so that people who don't understand pool would get it. And I thought he did a great job of that in that interview. I could not agree with you more, you know, breaking it down like that. And I realized it right away what he was doing. And I just thought it was very smart because and it really helps just expand the field of people that are going to stay engaged throughout that interview. Right. The more you break it down for them, because we're so used to being around 
people who just know the lingo and know the talk and, you know, are a bunch of pool nerds like, like you and I are, but to reach a, gro- a, a greater audience, phenomenal job. Ph- absolutely phenomenal. I could not agree with you more, Joey. Now, on the other Shockingly. side of it, some of the criticism about the interview <clears throat> is that it took people who maybe don't know much about pool uh, toward their stereotype of what they what they probably have the pre- preconceived notions of that drugs, gambling, you know, smoking, dark, you know, s- smoky pool halls. And I do think that happened. But uh, one, our buddy Mark White did a post about it and talked about how terrible he thought it was that they highlighted the drugs and they highlighted the gambling. And I made a comment to his post saying, hey, look, this has to appeal to everyone out there. And it has to be interesting. And not that Fedor is not an interesting person. He is. But to have a two and a half hour conversation with him, there has to be stories. There has to be intrigue. There has to be things that are like different than what the average person, you know, if, if, if Rogan has an archer on there, somebody who does archery, I'm probably not going to stay engaged for two and a half hours unless they start telling some cool stories about like, yeah, you got I got attacked by a moose or, you know, whatever. Or we got <laughs> drunk one night and shot arrows into, you know, the side of the house, whatever. And so I think that that was necessary for that type of interview. And I thought it brought a lot of color to it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not somebody who's down with rubbing cocaine on your cue for the powder like it was brought up on the, the show. Um, but at the same time, I think there needs to be a mixture of, you know, the the new generation, the Fedor Gorse, the Josh Fillers, you know, the Shane Van Bonies, the, the guys who are serious pool players and don't really get into the grimy scene, uh, along with the stories from back in the day of, you know, just the crazy stuff that happened. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't think you can get away from the history of, of the game, whether or not people want to acknowledge it or not you know you can't you can't fade you know how pool has come you know in, into the mainstream um i think that going and acknowledging it is going to get some is going to get people that they remember watching this so they remember that one time in a pool room and then you have someone like Federer who can be a professional who can show that hey things are now changing go watch this yeah. event on this on this app you'll see professionals play go watch this type of event and you'll see a world champion being crowned he, he it was it was a mixed bag of of things of, of different topics but you can't talk about the sport without talking about that part of it i feel like you know if you're going to go that that far back you know just in my opinion i think it's it's short-sighted to for mark to have that you know that type of reaction um and to be honest like there there ha- there has to be some drama and you know sex appeal when it comes to pool and if you're going to have a bunch of stoic pool players sitting in the chair, you know, waiting for the next shot, I'm sorry, that's just not going to, that's not going to go move the needle. Just- I'm going to defend Mark a little bit. We know he's a pool purist. Uh, and Fedor even talked about in the interview how in Europe, there's just a different focus and, you know, folks do it a little bit differently, right? Uh, they're not into gambling. If they are, it's just a little bit here or there. You know, it's mainly about tournament pool and about preparation. And that's what Mark's about. And he's coming from the perspective of raising the image of pool, uh, which I think there's some validity to that. But at the same time, you know, when I did my pool player podcast and interviewed players, 
people got most excited for those stories of the road, right? For, Without a doubt, man. For the CJ Wiley doubt. crazy stories about when he hustled this guy out of this and dressed up as a painter and went into this town for three weeks. You know, or Scott Frost story he tells about, who was that guy? Uh, shoot, Tony Baloney. <laughs> he tells that story. I think <laughs> yeah. he put that in our Patreon right. and shared it with people. Um, but, I mean, listen, there's but, plenty. If, if they wanted to just to go and, and throw shade on pool for lack of a better phrase, there's plenty of characters you could have gone and pulled out of the pool world to really just, if like, if you think that it was just meant to be negative. And if you think I'm lying, go to Derby city in a few weeks and, and, you know, hang out at around, you know, three 30 in the morning and we'll introduce you. <laughs> Cause there's, yeah. there, there's quite, there's quite a few. That's a great point. Our buddy, Nate Tim, you know, he comments, he says it was positive overall, but it was a little irking to hear Joe keep going back and centering the conversation around the, the underside, or as he called it, like the subculture. I agree with that. I think Joe did get a little, he did take the conversation back to the drugs, back to the gambling, back to that a little too much. Um, but I'm going to discuss that with Joe because I have a couple, uh, Instagram messages in with him and, uh, Actually, one of them's from three years ago when I started my podcast and he didn't reply. So I just built it onto that. But if you'll so, notice, Joey, you, you can go look at everything that's been on the mainstream as of late. Every single one of them at some point or another are touching base on those things. If that's what the mainstream thinks about pool, you can't you can't fade it, man. Yeah. You, know, you can't you can't undo what's gone on for decades in our sport, right? But you can address it and you can also show the professionals. You can show the Shanes. You can show the fetters, you can show the Jeanettes, you can show great ambassadors where you can touch base and acknowledge what's happened and look at where the sport's going. Look at the future. Look at the great things that are happening. He also, there was a lot of positives that I took out of that yeah. as well. I, I was really surprised with Rogan's knowledge of pool. You well, know, he's a pool he fan. You got that right off the bat, right? Well, yeah. I mean, and, and we knew that going in. But I thought that that really came across that he was very knowledgeable about the sport, but then also uh, knowledgeable about a lot of personalities, a lot of history of the game. Like he knew certain things that Federer didn't know, which obviously Federer's 22. Do y'all uh, want to see Earl on there is what I want to know. That's really what I want to do. Do the pool fans think that Earl should be on there next? Because if, you're, if your position is that you, you don't want the underbelly of pool being discussed, Imagine Earl going on a on a tirade for you know seven minutes about about pool and golf and it, I mean it'll be beautiful but it'll also be a train wreck as well. Well, maybe, yeah. But I maybe. overall great for the sport. <clears throat> Wonderful uh, job by Fedor. I thought he did great. I thought he was he showed his personality, some humor here and there. <laughs> Even dropped an F bomb on there, which I, I was wondering if that was coming. My wife, so I put it on in the car, and the kids were in the car, and she's like, Hey, is this going to have a lot of bad language? I know Rogan used a lot of bad language. And I was like, No, not with Federer on there. And sure how enough, many times, <laughs> how many times have you called me? And the, and the first thing you tell me is, My kids are in the car. And after the years yeah. of knowing you now, I know that that's code for Mike, watch your mouth. And I, yeah, I say that. And then 10 minutes into our conversation, you drop one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. well, well, I mean, enough said, I think about that interview. Great for pool. And I'd love to see Rogan, you know, you know, he has like his regular podcast and then he throws in an MMA edition, like once out of every eight or nine episodes, I think he'll throw in like an MMA UFC type of interview with one of the, the guys from UFC. I'd love to see him do that with pool, maybe once every six months or once every three months. Uh, and who's okay. 
question for you, Mike. You asked here, and we got mixed results on Earl. Who would you like to see Rogan have on next from the pool world? Um, hmm. I I think it would. I think it is Earl because I think he's. I think that the train wreck or the car wreck aspect is is going to get a lot of views. And for me, I'd rather have a lot of views on pool. Let them get excited for that part of it and then go and enjoy when you get to see something spe- spectacular like a great event or a great match. But you're never going to get in there if you don't have a platform like that, I feel like, to kind of look at the characters out there. And that's why, got- like, Jason's, you know, Jason and all of his personality, I think, would that's, also be that's great. That's mine. Jason yeah. Shaw. I think Alex, Jason. John, so tell us is Alex. Alex would be great. Alex is phenomenal and very witty, very personable. Alex would be great. John think- Schmidt. Yeah, John would be great. I think my favorite would be Jason. Out of all the people that we've talked to in the last couple years doing this, I think the one where it just flows easiest is Jason Shaw. We've interviewed him a few times now. And I mean, you just throw out even a bad question. As an interviewer, you have to ask good questions with certain people, right? You can't just ask a yes or no question. You have to ask the right question. Even when you ask Jason a bad question, he turns it into something great. It turns it into gold. You know, I think he would be great on that. Um, But yeah, Scott Frost would be another good one. Patty Lyon. There's a lot of good suggestions. Raymond's got some in there. Uh, Jeanette, if you want to see Jeanette on there. CJ Wiley. T-Rex. I like it. Okay. Well, how about this? How about let's switch gears now, get off the topic of Rogan, because uh, I'm going to see if Rogan will come on here one day, see if we can do that. And we can ask him do stuff you, personally. You, can you get him, Joe? That's what I want to know. Can you get him? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to like tell him about my latest health issues, see if he feels sorry for me. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Fedor can what, help. I don't know. <laughs> what, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, my man. All right, so let's do this. Let's go with uh, some good memories from 2022, Melina. You and I had a bunch, um, but I'm curious to hear uh, if you had to say, like, what was one of your biggest surprises from the pool world in 2022? What would you go with? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, there was just so many things that that happened throughout the year. Um, You know, Jason breaking the record comes to mind from – surprising surprises though that was probably one of them um i i guess it was fran and uh you know reese and the consistency that he's had just winning the manner in which he won the ways he came back and won he still made it to a final after losing his first round i think it was in the uk um starting off with derby city last year which is coming right back around this year to finishing off the year winning a u.s open it, it just just from beginning to end that was probably the most surprising i mean he was always knocking on the door but to come with it like that the way he did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, what Josh uh, Sotelo says in the chat. Fedor not getting picked for the Moscone Cup. Uh, you might, It might not have been a, as big a surprise for you, Mike, because you're a little more in the know than me. You might have known a little bit of what was going on there. But when when he did not get chosen, that floored me. It shocked me. And that's nothing against David. We chatted with David after the Moscone Cup. Seemed like, you know, he really had a chip on his shoulder. Uh, wasn't too happy he about did. some of the things that were said about him and took some probably, of those things. Probably pers- towards to- me. <laughs> yeah, took some, I, yeah. I, he, did get, he did give you kind of a stare down there. Uh, yeah. But um, it was nothing personal against David. It's just when you had somebody that had the type of year that Fedor has and is, I, I like when, not to go back to Rogan, but when Rogan says to Fedor, like, you know, 
you're arguably one of the top three players in the world. I mean, what are you going to do to be the best or whatever? And Federer's like, I might already be the best. And he wasn't saying that in an arrogant way, I don't think. Federer's uh, one of the I most think, humble guys on earth. So for him to say yeah. that really just, I mean, that that's the God honest truth. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, I think that was, I think that's true. A lot of people regard him as the best in the world, and yet he was left off that roster, and it was, it was huge. And so, uh, but you know, it is what it is. And there was if some I didn't see it coming it right away, but I think Federer handled it with class, and I think he's going to have many more Moscone Cups to play. Yeah, if if I didn't, if I didn't think I, you know, saw it coming, then I probably would have been more surprised. But the rumblings that I heard in the you know last couple of weeks leading up to it made me think otherwise. I was still kind of like, there's no way. There's no way they'll off. But yeah, that was a surprise. Tara mentions SVB's comeback against Mika. That was without a doubt the comeback of the year. And for me, like the best moment of the year for me was Shane winning a world championship. And it's not close because we can get the best moment. <clears throat> oh, I okay, I'm sorry. I'm 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 dogging it already. But um <laughs> yeah, no. Feder, you're right though. Feder does have many more Moscone Cups to come. Chances are it probably won't be next year's Moscone Cup, though, because it is out of the States and he will not be leaving the U.S. for some time, as far as I understand, because he's getting his green cards. So, um, Do you have confirmation? Do you have confirmation that it is in the U.K.? Because I heard a rumor uh, about, you know, right after the Moscone ended that it might be back in the U.S. again. Well, don't you have that um, that thing from Matchroom? Is it there? Hold on. I mean, go. Go look at it. Does it say? Let see. Let's see. Well, pull up the screen here. It's so hard. This is one of the things we're going to cover today. Uh, yeah, but I'm just giving you. It says Moscone give, Cup TBC. It doesn't say the location, though, on there? No, it does yeah, not. On, on the previous one, the one that you had up. Bring up the graphic, Joey. All right, stand by. The one, the one you had queued You're up. Talking about this one? No, 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 look, no. The each other of one. these events, each of these events the calendar, has a location. Joey. Look, the right calendar. here. No, no, no. Where's the calendar you had with the picture? On oh, okay, hold on. Ago. Stand by. This one. Yeah. So look at, it says UK. Oh, it does say UK. It does say UK. Yeah. There you go. That could change. You never know. I'm not saying I mean, it can't change, but, you know. If it's in the UK, that's three out of four years. It's not really fair, Emily. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. It's already starting. I'm just saying, you know. I'm just saying. Uh, okay. What about, what was one of your biggest disappointments from this year, Mike? In the pool world, that's tough, Joe. I don't know. What was yours? Um, one of my biggest disappointments. Okay, one of my biggest disappointments was the younger generation of U.S. pool players that are kind of on the cusp of Moscone didn't really seize it like I thought they would. I really thought going into 2022, Chris Reinhold would would you know, be vying for a spot on Moscone. Shane uh, Wolford would be vying for a spot. I thought Billy would have a more prominent role. Uh, Nick DeLeon, I thought he would go deeper in some of the tournaments where he was kind of on the cusp of getting pretty deep in a few tournaments. Um, Greg Hogue, we saw him win an event, but then when it, at the international, I know he, he was kind of under the weather, I think, and had some back issues. That was his opportunity to really put some question marks in Jeremy's mind about Earl or, or whatever. There was just that after that elite group of U.S. players, that next tier of players, I'm, I'm just waiting for somebody to break through. And I was disappointed that we didn't see someone really seize it and break through this year. That's my biggest disappointment. 
Yeah, I don't know if I can agree with that. I think it's just par for the course. I think we just we want things right away. And I think that their time is coming. I just don't think that their time was now, if that makes sense. So um, just on that on that topic. But for me, I don't know, man. I don't got a whole lot of disappointments, to be honest with you. Probably not going to Puerto Rico because that looked like a great event. But uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. But um, That venue but not, looked amazing. Everybody yeah. who went talked about how awesome it was there. Right. Yeah, but, you know, besides that, no, I think everything was pretty – it was a great year. You know, at the beginning of the year, there's always, there's always talk about the future of pool, and it's looking great. It's looking great. And I look at where it's at. Calendar's more busy than it ever will be in this upcoming year. There's so many events. People are going to have a lot of options to choose from. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm excited where the sport's at and I want to keep it optimistic. I mean, it's a brand new year, right? So, so let's talk about the calendar, right? We're, we're at a place right now. I remember during the pandemic, when the pandemic started, I started pool player podcast and I remember thinking, man, I, I sh- I'm, I should just do something, something to help grow the sport. If I could play just a little piece in pool growing and I'm not taking any credit for this, but you know, I think with this show, with some of with Nate's show, with some of the other things that are out there, pool is getting more popular and the promoters are doing more with the sport, whether it's the demand of the fans, whether it's the demand of the players, whether it's competition between the promoters, we're seeing promoters step up and really do a lot. And when Matchroom came out with their calendar, uh, they basically put, you know, a bunch of players in the middle and had them share it online and everything, which is fine. They're marketing geniuses, but they came out with this calendar of events. And when they did, I said, holy cow. Uh, and this is the calendar right here is a little tough to see. Let me see if I can make that a little bit bigger. Hold uh, on, let me, oh, uh, let me turn up when I saw this. Yeah, here we go. When I saw this, I hate how they have ads on their website. Emily, can we take care of that? Thanks. Um, I saw these <laughs> events and I said, holy cow, this is like, a full calendar of events. We went from having pretty much no uh, men's or open pro tournament uh, or pro tour to now two of them, really, uh, with this one probably being uh, having the most events for sure. And Matchroom kind of went about it in a little different way than Predator and CSI have gone about it. Uh, where they're partnering with other events that are out there. And one of the things about this schedule that I noticed right off, there's a few events on here that I think are really interesting. There's uh, this event that's coming up in April 22nd and 23rd at First Break Cafe. That's in Northern Virginia. I used to play there quite a bit. Brandon Schuff uh, used to be pretty much his home room there. Uh, that's the Bob Stocks Memorial Tournament that they have there every year, would always draw a tough field. Now that's going to be a, a points ranking event for Matchroom, as well as Turning Stone, which is coming up, I think this weekend, uh, is going to be a points event. Uh, what, what were your thoughts when you saw this calendar come out, Mike? Domination. You know, they, <laughs> they went after it. You know, there was, there was a lot of talks and, you know, we're, we're privy to some things, beforehand and hearing rumblings of, you know, matchroom blocking off X amount of calendars, X amount of dates on the WPA calendar. Now that they don't have those restrictions, they can do what they want. And they're working with other people now. And they're taking over on a global scale, getting more of a proper tour. There's not, you know, there's no Euro tour here in the States, right? Or anything like it, but there's more events that are getting added on to have more events domestically. 
more events in Asia, more events in Europe, and they're all going to be working towards common goals because everyone, all these top players are going to want to get invites to world championships. They're going to want to get invites to world pool masters. They're going to want to get invites to the world cup of pool. There's all these, all those points events are gearing you and pushing you towards getting invited to those things. So a lot of those top players are more than likely going to be attending those events. So it's pretty, it's, it's pretty genius. No, what do you say. think the angle is for all the Asian events? Because we know that the European and the U.S. events, the European and U.S. players earn points to qualify for Moscow. Oh, I, I think I think that Reyes Cup is coming. I don't, and yeah. I and I don't, and I yeah, and I don't know that. I haven't heard anything. I mean, like besides what I've heard before and the things that Emily has said on the show, I don't know that with any kind of certainty. I don't know if and when it'll be announced, but I think this is the foundation for it. You know, this would be awesome, right? Because there's enough of these events in Asia right now after this year to where they could have points rankings for next year. And so, you know, next September or next August or whatever, they could say, oh, well, based on the Asian point results, you know, here's Team Asia and they'll be going against Team Europe or, or whomever. It's kind of neat. Yeah, I think it would be very competitive. I think it'd be compelling. I think it would put the Europeans in a much tougher position and, you know, put some pressure on them from the very beginning. Um, I would love to see that event. I don't think you'll ever have the aura of the Moscone Cup, but I think it could be a great event in pool. I do. And on top of that, there was a thing by Sharks, if I'm not mistaken, because I saw their calendar and they are part of a few of these um, Asian events, but at the very end of it, it was a Taiwan versus Philippines event. And I want to say it was around November ish. So I think either way we'll get a taste of it, but nobody puts on like nobody puts on the type of event like Matchroom does, you know? Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. So. Well, I'm excited for it. And what a calendar of an ev events. Congratulations to Matchroom for putting this together. Uh, there's also another uh, series that's going on. It's the U.S. Pro Billiard Series, and I pull this up. You can see up at the top, uh, Predator and CSI have partnered for six events coming up this year. The yeah, Joe, but Open. that's that's um, 2022 schedule though. Oh, it is because in in January is Atlantic City. I know that, and that's going to oh, be. And I and I want to say the January event for Atlantic City is just going to be um, a women's event, um, and I want to say it's the same time as Derby City. Because Derby City doesn't have an actual rats. Um, yeah, well, we got to get Ozzy on. We got to get Ozzy on and have him discuss this and and let we us do. know his schedule for 2023. It's still on, right? They still have a bunch of events coming. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Without, a doubt. I think I want to say I think there'll be some some tweaking, you know, going on when it comes to the format. I don't know that. I heard. But, have you heard yeah. anything about it? Yeah, I, that they're taking things into consideration. Um, specific. I heard I we might what, be looking what, at two races to five now. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I haven't heard that specifically, but I would. I think it had. Listen, if if Matchroom is putting on a, more events, you got to have something to get more players in. I feel like, right? And yeah. I think they've shown that they're not a fan of those short races or the way the format is in its current form. You know, they show up for the World Championships. That's great. They show up in Puerto Rico. That's great. But there was other events where it was a little lackluster on it you know other yeah. times when there was other events going on all the players were in town but if there's other stuff going on across the world you got to do something else to bring them in i feel like right so in the format is going to have to be um a big part of that so um but we'll see i think 
I think they're doing a great job as well. They're putting a lot of money into pool. They got events all across the country, actually all across the world now. Um, we talked to Corinne before, and I know you mentioned the World 8 Ball going back to Japan. Um, the World Teams is also going to be in there. They're doing a Women's World 9 Ball. They're expanding you know, their calendar as well and their events, which is fantastic for pool. It'd be great if they could figure out a way to work together. I don't see that happening. Um, but yeah, at least there'll be options for guys to choose from, right? Yeah, no, I'm excited for it. And, you know, they even talked about that on the podcast with Rogan. Uh, Him and Federer talked about just the difference in those races to four, the difference in the format, and how uh, much pressure that brought, and how they thought it was a good idea for the fans. Um, But I did also hear that there might be some compromise this year with the length of the races and things like that. So we'll see how that shakes out in 2023. Uh, One other thing to kind of let people know about, I had a conversation with one of our sponsors from the, um, the trip uh, Griff's in uh, Las Vegas. I talked to Mark Griffin the other day. Did you know Mike that he owns, what is it? I think he owns four. Is it four? Yeah. I think he owns four U S opens. Sam. well, for our, huh? and, don't look, and don't look at your computer screen either. US, over here. Right here. Okay. U.S. Right Open here, 10 ball. U.S. Open 8 ball. U.S. Open. Oh, he owns five. He owns five. U.S. Open banks. U.S. Open one pocket. And U.S. Open straight pool. But they haven't had that in a while. And he's not really sure what they're going to do with that. But those four are coming up in 2023 as well. And I believe April. I think it's April 3rd through the 8th. It starts off with the U.S. Open 10 ball at Griff's. And then it's going to pick up with the U.S. Open 8-ball at Griff's. And I got to tell you, I play good 8-ball, Mike. I might take a shot at that one. I don't know. How, what's the entry fee like, Joe? I don't know. You got to back me? <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. Are you trying to get me to I'll, save my money? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, send me half the money you were planning on spending going over there. And then, you know, just call it a win, buddy. I'll send you oh, a trophy man. or something. You know? Yeah. We'll get you something. We'll get you something to put on that wall behind you. Hey, maybe that? we'll get... Maybe we can get some more people to, to participate in our Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash dog. And if you like what we're doing and you want to help send me to a few tournaments, I'm just kidding. It doesn't go to my tournaments. <laughs> this goes to sending us to tournaments to cover them and interview players and get you guys more content. Uh, head on over to our Patreon. And um, there's several different tiers in there, kind of one for every budget. So hopefully you guys can support us that way. What were we going to yeah. say, Mike? You were going to talk about our giveaway? Yeah, we just gave away some programs signed by a bunch of players right here. Was one I never got mine, Mike. It's Go look in the mailbox, buddy. I'll wait here for you. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Go check. Go check. Uh, <laughs> I'm no, like, get- you got like, what'd you get? Like five of them signed? And I'm like, hey, I want one of those, Mike. And you're like, oh, okay, sure. And then I see you razz off or give out four of them to our patrons. And then you take one. I was waiting gonna- on you to do that show, by the way. But I ended up getting a better co-host and – and one of my daughters to help do the drawing. We gave away three, which I'll probably be shipping tomorrow, more than likely. Um, but we're going to ha- try to have a lot of cool stuff like that. We're like we're transitioning and trying to include more stuff on there and more stuff on the page. We got more. Uh, we do some like uh, announcing on there right now, but we're going to get more active in there. It's just been a weird time with the holidays going on, your health scare, all these things. But um, we're definitely going to be more involved on there as well. Um, a lot of. A lot of big events coming up, including the Derby, which I'm, you know, really excited for. So we're going to have a lot of good content, I feel like. You know what, Mike? Jennifer Abbott's commenting, and she's she's glad to see Ellen and Mike back. I'm never going to live this Ellen comment down. Never, ever, ever. I can't believe you. 
crazy. It was very random. I said, Joe, let's take a picture before we head downstairs, you know, at the hotel. <laughs> I thought it was just going to, I thought you just wanted to commemorate our time together. And then you, you look, go, you look very fabulous. Roasted. That's all I'm saying. You, you look, roasted me. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it, the thing is, Joe, it just comes natural. But I love okay. you, though. You know? Yeah. Did you Your see family. the picture I put on Facebook when my daughter did my hair? Did you see that one? <laughs> I did. And you know what? But see, here's the thing. You started all of this by going live, and I didn't even know for like a day that you went live dogging me out of the closet situation there at the hotel room. Oh, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I, was saying, I was saying I hung up every – I took every damn hanger in there. So it all came <laughs> full circle there, you know? Hey, uh, Josh Josh was asking about OBQs. Yeah, OBQs unfortunately did go out of business. Um they had to make a business decision there. I talked to Mark about that the other day. Um, but yeah, that's just one of the things that happens sometimes. Um, but hey, Mike, let's talk about uh, one other thing. I saw a post the other day. I heard a rumor. Uh, you heard a rumor. We kind of talked about it. I hate hearing a rumor because then I talk to you about the rumor and you've already heard the rumor. And then I feel like I can never provide any insight. Any, Literally, any value Joey calls me with like <laughs> such excitement. Mike, I need to tell you something, but it has to be off the record. And you can't open your mouth. This is how he starts off like 90% of our conversation. And I'm like, all right, Joe, what's up, man? And then he tells me something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard that last week. And he's like, the f it's terrible. Yeah. What? Yeah. Having a friend like you is terrible, man. You can never tell any new information. But uh, but then I saw a post on it. And so when I saw the post on it, I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's happening. Uh, Tony and Shane rematch of their, their big one pocket match, maybe for more money. Um it won't I'm be maybe for more money. That. It'll be for it'll be for a lot more money with Tony's so, post. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Right. Let's talk about that post because I, I I haven't talked to Tony. I wasn't too privy on it. And then I see that post and he's talking about yeah I lost money at the casino and then the bet changed and all this happened. What do you know about it? I think all those things are true. I th I don't think Tony comes across like he's making excuses, but I don't think that's where his angle was with it though. Um, I think he's just keeping it real. And if you, and if anybody knows Tony, you know, that he, he's wired differently. You know, he gets up for the money. You know, it's great to play Shane and all those things and the competitive part, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Tony, Tony wanted to win and win a lot of money. That was part of the deal. You know, there was, he wanted the bet to be sky high and he was not, he was not afraid of it. And his backers weren't afraid of it either. Uh, how that bet changed and why the bet changed, I I didn't find out. I didn't care to find out. And I found out whenever Tony posted about it that it adjusted. So, um, but I could I could see Tony get disengaged and you can say, oh, well, they're still playing for whatever it was, like 35000 a man. Listen, Tony's a different kind of gambler. Like if you if you know Tony, then you know what I mean. And I think, and I, I haven't talked to Shane, but – I think that with Tony saying some stuff like that, Shane maybe got a chip on his shoulder and he's got guys who are willing to bet a lot of money, you know, and say, well, if you really want to find out, we can find out, you know, and maybe before, but they weren't as confident. Now, after seeing Shane play one pocket a few times, maybe they're a little bit more confident now. So total speculation here. But when you think about it, if, if the bet was supposed to be 50, then it goes to 35 a man or something, you know, you know, that, Tony's got a corporation or he's got somebody kind of putting him in. So that's not 35 that he's going to win. Right. So when you look at it, you're looking at what can I win from this? I'm going to take time out of my life, travel out to Las Vegas, you know, played one of the best players in the world for two, three days. And 
that can be a little disheartening. You know, you think you're going out there, if his cut was going to be 25,000 or if his cut was going to be 30,000, whatever it was going to be. And all of a sudden that got cut in half or changed significantly, then his motivation could change significantly. Um, I think I agree with you. I think he's kind of a different type of player, you know, who gets up for the big money and the money that can really make an impact in his life. And, you know, if it's, money that other people would kind of have a hard time playing for on the high end, like right. $10,000. You'd probably be shaking like a leaf playing for $10,000. Tony playing for $10,000 isn't enough to get him excited. It's not, it's not, you know? and it sounds, so, it's, it sounds ridiculous sounds crazy. to the average person. Yeah. A thousand percent, but it's, it's just the way Tony is, you know, and Tony can get disengaged. I've seen it time and time again. He can check out now that match. And on top of that, the match was great. I mean, it was a phenomenal match. Um, it had a lot of back and forth. I thought Tony was going to come back and actually win the match for a certain period of time. And he was up, I think, late in that third day, if memory serves me. you know. But here's the deal. This is just my opinion, right? Shane was coming off of a lot of shit leading, leading up to it. I mean, Shane was yeah. coming off of a lot. If you, you know, a lot of things personally for Shane, a lot of things professionally for Shane. There was a lot going on. Shane was on fumes going into that match with Tony. If Shane goes in there rested and hanging out at the house and on the lake for the last, you know, 60 plus days, there's a chance he may not be at the Derby. He's probably won't be at turning stone after what happened last year. Um, I, a well-rested Shane and an inspired uh, Shane. I think you might want to be careful what you ask for. That's just my personal opinion. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. One cool memory that I had from our time in Vegas, each night we would go over to Griff's and we'd do a little show over at Griff's. And the I one love night that, we, by the way, Joey. That was a lot of fun. That was a cool idea. And thanks for Mark Griffin for you know finding the spot for us over there when he had like hundreds of people in the place. <laughs> but one so of the cool ridiculous. things that if you don't know Tony, uh, I interviewed Tony one time for my show. Uh, never had met Tony in person. And then I walked into, I think it was the Texas Open last year, and I see Tony. And I looked at him, and I was kind of thinking, is he going to remember me? Is he really going to? And he comes over, and he's like, hey, Joey, how's it going? And when we were in Griff's that night, he walks in, he says hi to us, he's sitting down near us. And I saw like five or six other people come over and say hi to Tony. And Tony's like, hey, Steve, hey, Rick. He like, it's, he's got this gift for making people feel important. You know, he's one of the best one pocket players in the world. And yet Great all these too. people who are just regular, regular pool players coming up saying hi to him and he remembers people and he, you could tell he cares about people. You know, he's just a really cool guy. And I think he's kind of a gift to our sport. You know, I think it's, he's one of those guys where you're not often going to see him on the match room stage or anything like that, but he is a gift when he walks into a pool room. Uh, he brings a certain calmness. He brings a certain joy, happiness. People are glad to see him. People want to see what he's going to do. And then he's nice to people, which is awesome for a pool player. You know, I don't know. Could not agree Just more. Little, little I bro think he's, no, no, he's, <laughs> listen, Tony's an, an elite, an elite one pocket player, an elite pool yeah. player, you know, yeah. and if you, if, even if you're not a one pocket enthusiast like I am or whatever, whatever I am, I guess. Anyway, you'll go ask great players, uh, you know, what they think about Tony and all of them show him mad love. I remember yeah. asking like rotation players 
ask Europeans who are world champions. Ask Naoki Oi, who we think's the best, you know, one pocket player is. Tony will be up there on the list. Tony gets a lot of respect from a lot of people, not just from his peers, but from fans because of his style of play, how he likes to gamble, his fearlessness, his heart. Maybe he can bite off a little bit more than he can chew, but Tony can also come up with some great things. And we've and we've been, you know, lucky to see it. I'm going to be really excited to see Tony and Shane play again uh, because I think it'll be built up a lot more. I'm hoping to be back in Vegas as well because that was, you know, fun, you know, to go and watch and there's nothing like it. Um, but, yeah, I I can't wait, man. I love good one pocket. I love watching Shane play. I love watching Tony play. Sign me up. Yeah, me too. So for our last segment, let's talk about 2023. So in 2022, I asked you like some of your best memories and the memory about Shane winning a world championship came. We up. never got there. We never got there. We didn't do that. We didn't talk about no. that. No, we didn't. You, I, you, I you did. shut me, you, you shut me down like within 10 seconds of getting into it. Well, it's, you got too much facial hair. You're looking a little. <laughs> it's weighing me down. Gotta put you in your place. Gotta put you in your yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, that was a great moment from 2022. Shane finally winning a world title and uh, getting that monkey off his back. And so I'm curious in 2023, if we get another rookie world championship winner, who's that going to be? Who's your pick? A, a rookie world. No, who's your pick? You, If it was up to you, you'll pick all, all the Americans on earth. It's not a rookie. First time world championship winner. Who would it be for you? You go first. I got, I need, oh, I need, I got I one. Be. I okay, got a good go. one. Let's hear it. Sky Woodward. Sky Woodward's going to win a world championship this year. I watching him play at Moscone. If he can capture that that intensity that he plays with under the lights at the Moscone Cup and apply that to the world championship stage, right? Uh, and sometimes it's tricking your mind. You know, sometimes it's it's telling yourself that maybe you're in a different environment. If he can do that and get in the box in a world championship with the same focus that he has at Moscone Cup, there is no reason that kid can't win a, Mos a world championship. No reason at all. I'm on with Tommy Bow. Where's Tommy at? Give me highlight Tommy's Tommy Bow's right. comment and make Tommy it Bo. make it make it a big neon banner at the top of our of our show here. Tommy Bow, I'm, I'm going on with Victor. Board. I'm going with Victor. I'm going with the kid. I think that kid is phenomenal. Now, don't get me wrong, Sky is is Sky, and you're right. Every year at the Moscone Cup, he does spectacular things. He can always go, you know, deep in nine ball events. There's no there's no ifs, ands, and or doubts about it. But, you know, you got to – besides the Derby City, which is a great, you know, win to go and have, but it's been a, it's been a few years. So, Look, it's his um, time to break through. It really is. Uh, and I don't know that I can – I've always known this guy's a great player, right? The same way we know that Josh is a great player, the same way we know that Albin's a great player. But watching them all compete together on that stage at Moscone Cup, it was being there in person – and just watching Sky's intensity, I, I tell you, he could be, he could be a world champion, and I think he will be. I think he will be this year. He's going to be a world champion. So let's do a last longer bet, or let's do a bet on world championships this year. You got Wichter. I take Sky. We don't got a world championships. There's like three. I'll go with majors. How about that? Let's go with major Major's. wins. I'll go with majors, and I will. What well, qualifies as a major? Do, do like the events that's on the matchroom calendar qualify as a major? 
Well, there's like Predator Turning events Stone, that, that are made. Turning Stone as a major. I mean, no disrespect, but Turning Stone as a major. No, no, US I'm just o- asking. I'm trying to get the, the parameters down. The, the U.S. Open is a major. Turning Stone is not a major. Texas Open is a great event. Texas Open is not a major. It's just not. So You're um, making a lot you, of friends on here tonight. <laughs> hey, listen, I, already, I just got a message from Mike Zuglin talking about, who's this Molina Mike? Oh, and no. Mike no, Mike knows me well. Trust me. He knows me well <laughs> online. He's, he's one of the many ones who can't stand me. And there's a, there's a long list there. Trust me. <laughs> Did you block him? <laughs> do you remember? Hey, do you remember the first time I Possibly. blocked somebody on Facebook? I was all distraught about it. I called Joey, you. Joey, <laughs> he didn't. I had to like go through therapy with Joey, you know, for, for many hours. He felt awful about it. We won't mention any names, but yeah. Andrew Cleary. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I felt terrible. I blocked the guy and then I'm like, should I have done that? Should I unblock him? I just feel bad, but he was being such a jerk to me. And then I call you and I'm like, Mike, I just had to block my first person ever. He's like, my, button, my finger stays on that block button. <laughs> Listen, hand out those like I'm like I'm Oprah, son. <clears throat> All right. Pick two more for first time world championship winners. And I'll pick two more. I'll have a team of three. You have a team of three. Let's just say majors, majors. Okay, so I'm going to go with Wichter. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Sanjin. Um, I like that. Yeah, I'll I'll need I'll need help with my, with my last one. A, yeah, you go. One. You you pick your second one, and then I'll pick my uh, last one. My second one. I'm going to go with who who said this in the chat? Because as soon as I saw it, my eyes lit up. Hold on. Josh, Josh, Josh and I are jiving at night. A lot of this stuff. I'll go with Chua, uh, former or fellow uh, Q-Tech player. Uh, Chua, do you remember that, that match we watched him play against uh, Oi out there in Vegas? What a stud this guy is. Unbelievable. Uh, if I remember oh, at the, correctly. At the World 10 ball, wasn't it? Yeah, if I remember correctly, they were Hill Hill and Oi pushes out to a jump shot. And Chua jumps the ball in and runs out to win Hill Hill. That guy's just a stud. I'm going with that. Okay. I got Chua and Sky. And you have, who do you have? Sanjin. I'm writing this down. Sanjin and Wichter. Little Co, I don't think he qualifies because Little Co has won the World 10 ball. Yeah, we can't go with the. He beat, yeah. He won, uh, he, he, he beat Josh in the World 10 ball a couple of years ago. Aloysius is a good one as well. I think hasn't uh, he's one. We're talking. Predator. He's one two, but, I think. Or hasn't he? We're talking like uh, rookies, right? So like they haven't. Well, yeah, like people who haven't won a major. Maybe they haven't broken through then, huh? Yeah. yeah. Boy, I don't know. That's gonna be tough, man. I'll probably go with another European. I'm just trying to think of who I would go with. Maybe. Um, well, Kazakis maybe. No, he won the Masters, bro. That's an invitational. That's not a major. Still, let him whitewash Shane in the finals. Oh, you know what? Mario, he. There you go. Sign me up with Mario. Yeah. He's Mario all day long. He's won a million events, no. bro. You can't even what? pick an underdog what? if what? I. If you're I'm probably just mad because you were going to pick you're him. That's it. You, chalk. you were going to pick him. That's what it is. I, it's I like, see Mike, who do you right? like in this event? Oh, I like Josh. I like Jason. I like Shane. I can never get you to pick like an underdog. Do I got a? Do we have the the Max Lechner pick from our draft? Which, by the way, are we going to do a draft for Derby? We need to do another draft. Yes, let's do that. That was a lot of fun. Another fantasy one. 
you know what? Let's let's do this. Let's invite our Patreons, our our patrons from Patreon, and let's get a big like fantasy draft for Derby going for for that. What do you, we got time for that? We can put that together. We got like thirty patrons. What do you mean? We'll, I mean thirty five. Yeah, there's a lot. Maybe we'll do a couple, a couple of drafts. Okay, I like that. Or we I can like draw that. like maybe maybe we can draw like eight people, uh, randomly, and then out of those eight people, I like that. Then we'll have ten, you know, ten like teams. That. But that means they got to join the show though, right? So you got they all got to be comfortable with coming on. Yeah, and, talking trash, you know, being a bunch of idiots with us. Yeah. By the way, if you guys haven't. Uh, Logged under our Patreon is patreon.com backslash dog in it. Appreciate any support you guys can give us. Kind of helps us get to these events and do some cool things. Uh, so, yeah, I need a third pick, Melina. And no chalk. And get off your phone. I went with my third pick. I got Mario, Sanjin, and I'm Wichter. not giving you Mario, are- bro. Mario's what? won big events. What is Mario won? Enli- Please enlighten me, sweetheart. Do you want Fedor instead? Me. You just want Fedor or Filler? <laughs> you are really salty because I, I I believe Mario was going to be your pick. Tell me I'm lying here, Red. Tell no, me I'm lying. lying. No, I'm taking I'm taking the butcher. Oh, I'm Fortunsky. What are we betting? Please let me know. Look, what what? what I wish I could. I wish I could get a a bet on the field of Poland. You know what I mean? Like, like my third pick could just be anybody from Poland. Okay, if, how about this? If you were going to make a bet, Poland versus the Philippines to win majors, who are you betting on? I'm probably betting on Poland. I think so. Because the Filipinos don't travel, like, a lot of them don't travel as much. You know, like Raga. We're not going to see him out at, like, Listen, Anton world. will be here at the Derby. And, really? And I was, a, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know that because I helped get him that uh, letter from, from Diamond, the invitational letter. To get his passport really? approved, yeah, hundred percent sure. Pool. No, I just asked for some help. Pinoza Who else is coming too. over? Do you know anybody else coming over from uh, Asia? He's the biggest. Dublin? He's the biggest fish in the pond that's coming over. I mean, th- listen, Anton coming over. Anton can make some waves in pool, son. Yeah, he I can mean, make, he's got to be he, one of the favorites in the nine ball, right there. He's a favorite in any game. I feel. I mean, no, I mean, he's he's in the top. He's in. An elite class. He's in the same class as like, you know, the top tier like, players. Yeah, it, it's but like, just we haven't seen him play on diamonds, you know, here in the states. That's the only thing. Let let him get accustomed, and we'll see what happens. But he's a he's a big boy. No yeah. pun intended. Yeah. No, I I'd like to see him play. I haven't seen him play much, other than on the streams over there, and I want to see him, you know, compete here at Derby. Should be interesting. What's your plans for Derby, Mike? When are you going out? By the way, I, I still didn't get your third pick. I still didn't get your third pick. How are you not letting me have Mario? I'm, All right, I'm, fine. You get Mario. He no, no, no. Here. Okay. Give me, how about this? You guys give me some help here. I saw you, you went with someone in the chat picking Chua. Who do I get, man? I got to pick somebody. Well, let's see. Anybody say anything hmm. in the chat that could help your sorry ass? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, how about hey, this? Hey, Hey, James I got it. Brinson, I, here, James Brinson's got some help for you. Here's, here's James Brinson. He's got some help for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Max. Justin. We Burnham. know you're always on his nuts anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Justin effing Bergman. What? I think Bergman? I, 
I think Justin's coming back. And I messaged Justin a few weeks back. We were supposed to have him on, and, and I'm going to get him. Let's get him on. We're going to interview him. I think he's coming back. Um, so I'm going to go with Justin Bergman if he's playing. If not, then my pick defaults to Mario He, just for the record. Okay? But if Justin's playing, I'll take Justin for the win. All Unreal, right? this guy. Unreal. All right. For the win, son. All right. Well, guys, we're at the one-hour mark. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been a lot of fun to be back on the mic. Let's do it again soon, Molina. How about tomorrow? We got to bring Pinozo back because it's been a little bit of time being away from my man. Um, we got a lot of plans, a lot of things. Now that we got to get back in rhythm, we got to make some phone calls and send some messages. But, yeah, hey, Derby's coming up in a few weeks. I got to talk with Oscar and get those plans ironed out. So we're not going to be able to have a booth. It was I, – I dogged it, for lack of a better word. So, um, But – Listen, that there was that guy Kyle from Rail Yard. Maybe we can go hang out there at night and do a show from there. Um, okay. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be hanging out there as well. If not, then I got some other booths and with my internet service. And if you can man down all this stuff, all the tech stuff, then I think we'll be all right. You got your Christmas but, present, right? That sounds a little weird. Okay, when you when you when you, when you say when you say it like that, that sounds a little weird, buddy. But yeah, show actually, it's audience. right here. It's a microphone, so that way I can plug it into. My phone here and it picks it up real well. So I'm looking. And then what about that. your birthday present from last year? Do you have that laying around? Yeah, the gimbal. So he puts the microphone on the phone, puts the phone on the gimbal. He'll have the gyro stabilizing effect and the microphone, be able to do those interviews. You're the best Mike, at that. By actually, the way, Mike Chuck's got a really good idea, even though he can get on my nerves sometimes. Do it in the Omega room. That's a really good idea because I those guys are always really good to me. So maybe I can do something out of there. I'll talk to um because it, it'll only be for like an you know hour here hour here throughout the day so and I know they weren't they're not gonna have matches going on twenty four seven I'll talk with Steven. that's actually not a bad idea hmm. yeah well I gotta say this Mike you're the best at holding up your gimbal putting your phone on it and just asking people cool questions out in the audience Look, like I'm scared it, to death it, interviewing people on. Joe you know that no no no. no. I want to hear from the audience. Don't you think that's great when Mike gets out there with his gimbal and just starts talking to people around a table near a match? I mean, it's a great thing, and not a lot of people will do that, but you'll poke your nose right in there. I remember at Moscone, right when it ended, they told us to come down and get in there and, and start talking to people, and I lost you. I couldn't find you. And then I turn around like 10 minutes later. I'm like, where is he? I want to get in there. You're already in there. You're already interviewing uh, FSR. And I'm like, you son of a gun. You just went without me. But you're the best at that. So. <laughs> no, I'm scared to death, but we got a lot of passion. And it's always great working with you. I'm glad you're doing better, man. I'm glad you're doing hey. all right. Not By just the for the show standpoint, like just from a friend standpoint. You know, I'm glad you're good, man. I love you, brother. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this. The outpouring of support. Most of you saw the video that I put up on Facebook. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, December 11th, I had a stroke. Uh, a small stroke, but they're still trying to figure out the extent of what happened. I was wrestling with my kids in the living room and I lost feeling in my right arm, couldn't move it. And I couldn't really talk that well. And so my wife took me to the hospital and it turns out I had a stroke. They have no idea why. One doctor thinks it might be COVID related. Other doctors think it could be cholesterol related, although my cholesterol is not really high. Um, but, you know, I've been out of commission for a little while and, and, I just have to tell you the outpouring of support that I've received from listeners of this show and uh, fans of Pool Player Podcast and just people that 
on Facebook that messaged me and uh, has really been touching and it's helped out a lot. Uh, so I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart and I appreciate any prayers. appreciate, you know, the thoughts. It's been a little bit of a struggle, but you know, one thing that's, that's really gotten me out of this, Mike, is, uh, just talking about getting on here with you today and being able to go after this again, you know, like, like dig in our heels. Like you and I both took a little time off and now it's January 1st and we're digging in our heels in 2023. We have some awesome plans. Uh, when I saw Fedor Gorst on the Joe Rogan podcast, it's something clicked inside of me and said, you know what? When I started pool player podcast a few years ago, people got excited about it. Now Joe Rogan is interviewing pool players. People care about people and what they do and their lives and what they're all about and how they tick, right? And what makes them tick. And like someone like Fedor Gorse, you can go on pool player podcast and watch my whole interview with him. You can watch him on Joe Rogan. You know, I want to do more of that. I want to interview more players. And my buddy in Maryland, his name is uh, Curtis Branker. I don't know if you, I'm sure you saw this post, Mike. He went around and posted the top 10 Fargo rates for every state in the United States. This guy's awesome. Curtis is awesome. Uh, but I looked at that and you know what I was shocked by? That the number of states where I didn't know over 700 players who were in the top 10. You know, I'm looking and I'm seeing guys' names and I'm like, I have no idea who this dude is, you know? And that means a lot of other people don't know who they are either, but they're a 730 or a 725. I want to talk to them. I want to interview them. I want to get them on Pool Player Podcast so people can find out about them and then mix so I in, I obviously. Be, I won't be on then. I'm huh? Not, so I guess I won't be, be on. Yeah, no, you're not invited to those. But <laughs> get on them and then also bring in the big hitters too, right? Because everybody has something of value to share with people so that they can learn more about these pool players and kind of, you know, what their secrets are, what makes them tick, uh, what their interests are, what do they do outside of pool, that kind of thing. So I'm inspired for 2023. Uh, Ellen is here to stay. Okay. You can't get rid of me that easy. And I'm so happy to be partnering with you, Melina Mike. So let's do the it. The fact of the matter is I'm not here if it ain't for you or for Mark White for that matter. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're doing all right. And I'm glad you're going to be doing better because I know you are. And uh, we're going to get it and we're going to have a good time. We're just going to bring more pool content to you guys. So I'm looking forward to it. That's our passion. Guys, thanks so much for joining. See you next time. Have a good night, guys.